Hello? Yo, Carter, it's Dan. What's going on, my man? How's everything been? I'm chilling, dude. I'm chilling. Just trying to get through finals right now. I've been kind of nose to the grindstone with that. So, uh, have you been keeping up with the Hoyas? No, honestly, not really. I mean, I, it, <laughs> things were pretty stressful, especially after that Duke loss. And I, I've been taking a break for a while just because, we, I mean, we almost had him, man. It was so close. Yeah, it was a tight one. So, wait a minute. You're saying you haven't really been paying attention at all since the Duke game. You haven't been in, you haven't been on Twitter, haven't really been going on the internet searching for news on us. Are you aware of anything that's happened since that game? No, man, no, I, you know me, I'm, I hate social media, I, I don't, what's going on though, is, is something crazy, like has James popped off, or is Josh finally starting? Carter, you may want to sit down for this. talk about here man you think <laughs> i mean where do we even start I mean, it's got to be the uncg game right before all this happened yeah I would th- I, even though after the transfers of james and josh i kind of look at this as a new season the committee won't view it that way so we do got to touch on what the absolute fuck happened <laughs> that fateful saturday after thanksgiving yeah yeah i mean you didn't even you didn't even watch the game right no, I had another form of torture, and that was going to my boss's <laughs> house for their Thanksgiving. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I didn't need to watch the other form of torture that was taking place in the Capital One Arena, and that was watching a disgustingly pitiful performance from the Georgetown Hoyas. In our white uniforms, nonetheless. See, I always thought the white uniforms were fucking fire. I know, they're fresh. But they bring us so much bad luck. Yeah, they gotta be burned. That's their Craig, Sabo, this Craig Sager levels of bad right now. With the yeah, honestly, dude. So what was your main takeaway watching that game? Um, I know we talked about beginning of the semester about the non-conference schedule, allotting more or less one fuck-up for the Hoyas. This was it. I mean, no one played well. Now, when you look at the box score, it was a, it was a bad, bad, bad performance terrible shooting from everyone especially our former big three omer mac and james former being the keyword but when i went back and watched the tape i basically watched the game from beginning to end because you know i'm a masochist and i love inflicting pain on myself yeah, I, got I think i think a lot of our issues stemmed with james to be honest with you yeah, he, for someone who looked as good as he did against duke he was a black hole trying to do too much the ball movement that we had kind of st- stopped at him it just seemed that there was no rhythm with the team's offense when he ran the point yeah he fucking thought he was ai i don't understand a lot of the decisions he made in that game there were a lot of times he went three on one on the break um took very very ill-advised threes i said omer i think rolled his ankle early in that game too so we couldn't go to him a lot almost all of his shots were short I think that was definitely that was that's been the one game he shot under fifty percent from the field. 
and he was bad. He was like, what, three for 12 or something? Three for 12, yes. With Fuck. four turnovers. Fuck, dude. That's... And the Hoyas turned it over 19 times in that game. We didn't even get blitzed by the other team either. UNCG didn't shoot well either. No, they didn't. They only shot 38% and 28% from three. They shot 77% from the free throw line, dude. Wow. And they turned the ball over 16 times. Yeah, so this this that was a game I much rather would not have watched. It was one of those ones where you look at and you think to yourself, how on earth do you come away from the Empire Classic playing as well as you did against Texas and as well as you did against Duke, even though you lost and put up this stinker? But I think it became pretty clear the week after that there was some shit going down in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at first I was like, Hoya's gonna Hoya's, you know? But the more I thought about it and the more... I really began to think critically about the game before this whole transfer bullshit came out. I was like, the way our team is constructed doesn't maximize the talent that we have. And I was even complaining in this game about how James got such a long leash, which, you know, had been one of my gripes about him for all the merits he has as a player. He was allowed to handle the ball way too much. Yeah, he was. He certainly was. And that just it's not just a singular gripe that you've had. This has been a consistent yeah, theme yeah, I for you throughout our entire podcast career, dating back to last November. You've always been a big proponent of giving James's counterpart, Mac McClung, a fair shot at running, and not necessarily running the point, but being the team's primary ball handler on offense in the sense that he's looking to create shot opportunities yeah. for himself and for his teammates and you certainly got your wish later in the week and it must have been a pretty big vindication for you seeing the results but listen you're 100% right Mac only played 22 minutes compared to James's 32 and it wasn't because Mac was in foul trouble they each only had two fouls and you can see when Mac doesn't necessarily have the ball in his hands he lacks rhythm and Mac is very much a rhythmic player. He likes to get into a bit of a flow. When he starts cooking, shit starts falling. It's pretty obvious. And their offense had no rhythm when James was running it. Yeah, it's a little herky-jerky, happy feet, tap dancing, pick-and-roll offense that doesn't even work. So I mm-hmm. I don't want to seem like I'm an angry, you know, Hoya fan saying we were better off now than we were before. But... And I also don't want to make this a big revisionist history type of thing where we're like, oh, of course this was going to be a good thing for us. Because I think at the time we found the news, we were, we were shocked. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I um, I just got in from shoveling my driveway because we were getting mollywhopped snow up in New Jersey. <laughs> and you, uh, you actually gave me a call. And I was like, yeah. why the hell is he calling me? And you were like, have you checked Twitter? Have you checked Twitter? I was like, why? No, you're like, James and Josh are transferring. I was like, hey, quit playing, bro. Like, bro, what are you doing? And you were like, I'm not joking. They are transferring. And I think one of my, our, our immediate response was, are we the worst fucking team in the Big East now? <laughs> Yeah. Are we DePaul? Dude, yeah, and DePaul's fucking undefeated. They were yeah. undefeated at the time. They still are undefeated. And it was one of those things where... You looked at our recent performances. We stunk out loud against UNCG. We hadn't looked good outside of that Texas game all year. Yeah. So it was a very fair thought process to have. Losing 
the All Big East Freshman Player of the Year and another member of the All Big East Freshman Team, Josh LeBlanc. How low was, how bad was this team going to become Big East play, especially for a team that aspired to make the NCAA tournament this year? Yeah, I know. I know. We were, we were worried, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, hey, we're going to live and die by our two best players, Mack and O'Meara. And whether Ewing likes it or not, we're going to have to run a fuck ton of our offense through them. And that's what yeah. we saw against Oklahoma State. Of all places, too, right? Before we start our road trip, which is what we were most worried about before the season even began, against a team that was undefeated and basically ranked. They were like 26th or something when we played them. Like, I don't know how the fuck we did that. Well, before we dive into that, do you want to talk about you know, the, the Twitter frenzy that kind of stemmed from the news of the transfers because we got really yeah. no information from Georgetown other than a very brief statement lumping the transfers of James and Josh together. And then it was just widespread Twitter speculation. Yeah, I mean, we, we heard a lot, so we won't talk on what's not certain, but... I think the university did a really poor job of communicating this to the student body. Oh, I did too. It led to a lot of unfair speculation, especially towards James, I thought. Um, Especially considering the fact that, you know, members of the media and fans, quite frankly, went in and dug up uh, public court complaints filed against Josh LeBlanc, Galen Alexander, and Myron Gardner. A couple of different ones in all honesty. Oh, yeah. And we couldn't find anything traced back to James, but considering they lumped the transfers together, we all naturally assumed that they were linked. And it turns out, and I, again, this is, I think it's just speculation, but it really seems as though that they weren't. It seems that James wasn't involved in any of this legal trouble that we originally thought he might have been. And it put a lot of strain on his family. So I was pretty annoyed at the fact that the university kind of put his family and him through that. Um, And then we had the speculation of whether or not Josh was transferring because of his legal issues. And if he was, why weren't Myron and Galen? And I I think it just turns out to the fact that, you know, Josh is transferring because he wasn't happy with his minutes. And Galen and Myron will still be vital clogs of the team moving forward, especially considering the news that the the case has basically been suspended as of right now moving forward, and they will continue to play. Well, yeah, I mean, Myron's case was cleared, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But Galen and Josh's was suspended, yeah. Um, It's really interesting, too, thinking about that, because I was... As much as we questioned James's decision-making on the court, I think we both applaud him for his long-term and mature perspective on things off the court and it seemed too out of character for him to do something that dumb and jeopardize what will definitely be a pro career even if it's not in the nba for someone who grew up in the hood and has a lot of people who are counting on him financially so yeah yeah that i'm I'm glad that he's not part of the allegations um yeah we also know james is a really good support system his family and his community I, i i very rarely have i seen a community get so passionate about a certain player on Twitter, but they, they James certainly has a very big passionate following 
on that yeah. social media platform. Yeah. There's, a, there's a bit of a rivalry between the Gate City, Virginia folks and the James <laughs> Kinjo's family on Twitter, and it was really starting to irk some of the Georgetown fans. Um, but when it comes down to it, the, the two of us on this podcast, we have we harbor no ill will towards James. you got to do what you think is best for you. And if he thought that leaving the program was best for him, then, good, like, you know, we Who wish knows, nothing man. but the yeah. best. We have a lot of great memories, some rough ones, like, wow. Being present and broadcasting the floor slap against Seton Hall was one of my favorite memories of Georgetown's student. Yeah. I mean, that's... I I agree. But part of me is like, where is James going to get more of an opportunity than here? Right? I mean, I, I heard he's considering Gonzaga, maybe going back to Cal, somewhere on the West Coast where he's from. But, mm-hmm. like, who does he think he is to think he's going to get more minutes and more touches on a team better if not worse than Georgetown. I mean, he had Listen, everything he wanted here. Yeah, he had he had the keys to the Ferrari, man. He was viewed by a lot of people who weren't necessarily super knowledgeable in-depth-wise in regards to Georgetown basketball. Well, they just didn't watch the games. Player. Yeah. Um, so this was stunning, to say the least. And it really, to say the least, and it really... It, I can't even say it sent our fan base into a dark place heading into this Oklahoma State game and uh, Carter not many people when I say not many people very 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 few expected us to come out and beat the undefeated Cowboys on their home stadium after they drubbed Ole Miss by 40 fucking points earlier that weekend yeah, I definitely expected us to cover. We were eleven point favorites, and something told me. You mean uh, you mean underdogs? Yeah, underdogs. My bad. Still don't know how betting works. Blessing again in disguise for me. And <laughs> yeah, it and, is. Uh, yeah, I I did expect us to cover because I I figured the adrenaline off of that game would mean something, but I didn't expect the statement that we got from Mac McClung. As and you know, I'm fucking number one in the fan club like i even model a lot of my game after mac you know except you for model my, your haircut after all. i was he no he stole that from me but <laughs> he, yeah i would say outside of the athleticism we play a lot of ways you know it's like we're score first pretty ball dominant rhythm you know defense comes and goes we're better when we have the ball in our hands shooting unlocks the rest of our game anyway i digress he put himself on the map with that performance yeah, he did. He really did. And listen, I, I know when you said you didn't really expect that strong of a statement, you and I speak a lot about this. We were each in agreement that Mac was going to come out and do everything in his power yeah. to try to will this team to win. That's the way he is. The guy's an alpha male, plain and simple. And that's what alphas do. When your team is down, they look to your teammates are going to look to someone to lead them through the night, and that was Mac that night. When he, he stepped onto that court, he made it known it was his fucking time. And I, I'm going to give myself a little kudos. In one of my bold preseason predictions, I said Mac would drop 30 in a game. I did not expect it to be against Oklahoma State on the road. But listen, we needed pretty much every one of those. Um, Mac basically at one point in the second half went on a 9 nothing run. run. Yeah. It was a Georgetown's on a 9 nothing run. Incorrect, technically correct, but incorrect. Matt McClung is on a nine nothing run. Um, I think one of the most impressive 
aspects to his newfound offensive game is the fact that he's basically our best three-point shooter. Considering oh, yeah. how inconsistent he was last year, you gotta give Drew Hamlin a lot of fucking credit, man. Yeah, he, he, whatever he did to max form, it's working. It's he's lights out now. I think he's up to forty three percent from three, on yes. as on as many attempts as last year. So up from twenty nine yep. to forty. Like, are you kidding me? Dude, yeah. I, I, whenever whenever Mac gets an open look from three, I'm expecting it to hit the bottom. And that's and it's. That combined with his athleticism, his handles a little bit better, decision making's way better. I mean, it's—I don't think it's gonna be the last thirty piece we see from him this season. No, there's gonna be a couple of games in Big East play, and you know who knows? Maybe Syracuse this upcoming weekend. He's gonna—he's gonna hit upper twenties, low thirties a couple of more times until teams start throwing doubles at him. Yeah. And the thing is, the way I listen, we gotta give credit where credit is due. You and I each spoke about Terrell Allen heading into the season. We each spoke about how I think he was both of our uh, impact uh, newcomer. No, mine, mine was Galen. I'll hold that out. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it, credit to you for being honest. Um, but regardless, we each were like, this wasn't the player who we thought we were going to get. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that according to Ewing, and it made sense, Ewing was like, it, it, this was the Terrell we thought we were going to get, and we got him because he wasn't constantly looking over his shoulder because as soon as he made a mistake, James was coming in. As soon as he made a mistake, Jacob was coming in. Javon was coming in. Terrell played free that night, and that's what he said it about completely unlocked our offense. Yeah, I, I mean, it's weird because we thought Ewing was such a James guy with how he spoke about him, right, throughout all of last year. And what he said after the press conference, I mean, Terrell balled out, and he hit some shots that he had no business hitting. You see he had, like, a running sky hook over yep, the middle of the lane. early in the first half. He hit the dagger step back three, couple and ones. Like, what? And yeah. what Ewing said post game that I texted you about, and I think you even tweeted about, was we played like a we instead of like me. And that yes. has to be a little bit of a shot at James. Absolutely. I think you're spot on the money. Um, and with the whole transfer, James just showed that he was thinking about him, wasn't necessarily thinking about the program. And, I mean, that's fine, but it is very clear to me that one or two of them, James and Josh, I think that James is getting a lot more hate than Josh is, but whether that's rightful or whether it's not it's beyond for me to say because i don't know what the culture of the locker room was like with the two of them i heard a lot of bad things about josh off the court yeah right? he, he basically thought he was a diva and it sounds as though he was a distraction he's a so, goon bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so we're gonna miss his production on the court i will not miss his antics off as, as a student you hear about things that members of the media don't um, yeah. Obviously, they're unverified, but they're all basically true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, so, they've been proven true. Yeah. So, honestly, we have a better idea of how these kids act when they're not in front of a camera or on a basketball court than any, any member of the fucking media does. So, we really understand the way that he handled himself. And the suspension was 100% deserved. He probably should have gotten more than one game, if we're being entirely honest. Oh, yeah. Um, and we were concerned about his character heading into the season. We even spoke about it 
the opening podcast, and it turns out the rumor that we heard was true. Yeah, that was part of what the assault stemmed from. Yeah, because we even said, we're like, we heard reasons as to why he wasn't played. We don't want to speculate, but it's not good. And those were the reasons. (laughs) We heard rumors about that before it even happened. Yeah, I think out of respect for Josh, we still won't spill the tea, but... It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to know that we, we understand that in a college locker room, there's still kids. Like, the, yeah, you know, we're at the age now where we'd be the oldest people in that locker room. Or you definitely would be the oldest. I'd be on the older side. So being able to reflect on how fragile the emotions are of athletes, especially, you know, people that are jazzed up and so competitive all the time. If you don't, if you have a bad influence there, especially a bad influence that is rewarded by the coach in terms of a large role on the team and a lot of playing time, it creates the wrong incentive system. It does. And I don't know, I really haven't seen a lot of praise for this person, but I want to give Jagan Mosley mm-hmm. a special shout out. Yeah. He's basically the uncertified captain, captain yeah. of the team. He's, he is the veteran presence. He is mature. He is this team's leader. And you know that that guy played a crucial role, being vocal, being active in that locker room during that week, making sure that these guys were ready to fucking play. And you can see it on the court. Him and Jamarco Pickett in particular, to me, appeared to be the most vocal in regards to leadership that game. Jamarco didn't play his best game, but the idea of him stepping up into a leadership role and seeing the way he was interacting with his teammates, I think those two guys deserved a lot of fucking credit. Yeah. I mean, I saw this Twitter, or I think it was an Instagram post from Jagan saying, I'm writing a book. It's a comeback story. And I just, I love <laughs> that. I love that guy. I really, yeah. really do. Yeah. Um, it is, he has to be the hardest player to root against on this team. I really, yeah, I really hope wherever he plays professionally, it's 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 a healthy career and something he deserves. I hope that he gets this season. This I, I literally, I think we spoke about it on the phone. I said the one player who I really feel bad for is Jake, and that guy wanted a taste of the tournament. Yeah, so badly coming into this preseason, and I, I honestly, dude, I, I, I was I was really skeptical about this team moving forward well, and I, now yeah i was ready it's, like it's almost like a rebirthing i was ready to write us off too even after the oklahoma state game because a lot of that i wasn't sure how sustainable it was I mean, exactly the Mac's not going to score 33 points a night it's just not going no. to happen no and i, I think omer showed up too we got to give him a little bit of credit especially in the second half he was able to stretch the huge. defense out he finally hit a three um he was very engaged and physical on defense, which was a welcome sight for sure. And he's gotten a lot better with his fouls, too. Yes, yes. That was one thing we spoke about moving forward. And if Omer isn't getting, if Omer isn't picking up fouls, Kudis is just going to naturally see the court a lot less, which is a bummer because I like watching him play. Yeah. The, the difference in talent is incomparable. Oh, dude, I know. If it's Omer not fair. Yeah. Is Available, he needs to be on the court. Okay. <laughs> Omer is money, court. dude. He still has the highest, it might be second highest offensive rating now behind Jagan, but our best defensive rating by so much. Like, it's not even close. I think it's mm-hmm. Kudis is second, and he's a, full, a whole five points better. Yeah. Um, so, again, it, you could have a lot worse of a player coming off the bench. Um, 
but yeah, I think that was the biggest question, as you said. How sustainable was this performance? And you and I were speaking about it a little bit. We understood that SMU wasn't really a good team. They yeah. had one of the worst strength of schedules heading into that game in the country. But we still thought hey. on students, we had seen this story so many times. Oh yeah. I mean we saw it the week before with UNCG, right? Are we gonna play up yep. or play down to our competition? And uh let's just say that boy did they um quell any concerns that we had fairly quickly. We dicked they them. They jumped out to a twenty to two run. Yeah, we start the game. Yeah, we dicked them. Let's let's not be blunt. <laughs> Shit pumped them. Yeah. It, we shot the lights out, dude. I how many points did we end up scoring? Ninety one or something like that? Ninety one. Yeah. I was hoping forty nine in the first. Okay, yeah, I was hoping we'd hit a hundred, honestly. But I knew if it wasn't close we weren't gonna. Um yeah, holy shit. Was that some Spurs Warriors level of ball movement that I saw? Yeah, and um Terrell Allen, once again, ten assists, zero turnovers. That's a real point guard, man. It's just the flow. Like it's it's comparing like Chris Paul to Russell Westbrook with him and James. You know? It's they same assist numbers, but it the game just looks different when they run the offense versus you yes. know each other. And I think he's such a better compliment to Mac too. He works with Mac unbelievably well. Terrell Allen's basketball IQ is off the charts. And the fact that he can play without fear of really being pulled, because who else do we have that can really run an offense yeah, I mean, the way that he can? No, no one. <laughs> yeah, we have four guards right now on the roster, so that aren't walk-ons. Yeah, and it's not like Javon's going to come in and run an offense. Listen, Javon, pro- Javon proved that he has plenty of value to this team this night. And let me tell you something, Carter. I know you said you model your game after Mac McClung. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we no. all know who I model my game <laughs> after. When I'm on the court, it's bombs away, baby. <laughs> Man, that must have made you feel amazing. Just like it made me feel amazing to see Mac have 33. I was having, like, an episode on my, on the couch when I was watching the game. Javon hit back-to-back threes the first time he came in. I was throwing shit. I was going nuts. I was like, he's back, baby. He's back. What do you mean? He never left. Oh, you, you know he never left. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag free Javon. Hashtag free Javon. <laughs> Give Javon the green light. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see a performance that utterly otherworldly from him again. But it's nice to know, you know, from his own confidence, if anything, right, that he can make shots. Listen, Carter, Javon's coming off a career... It has to be a career high for him. Oh, yeah. Um, And now he's walking into this Syracuse 2-3 zone. We might get 10 Javon threes this Saturday. He might take 10. I don't know if he'll make 10. I don't even might, know if he'll yeah. make 4. But... Even though he did, he, he hit 7 threes. I think he airballed two of them. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even see that. Yeah, so he definitely airballed one of them. We were yeah. up by 20, like, three points. Javon airballed a three. Oh, the crowd was chanting airball. I was like, are you serious? Are you really fucking How dare serious? you disrespect <laughs> our Lord and Savior like that? Yeah. Um, he's the listen, new... it's, it's hard to criticize anyone in, in this game. Um, the game, I only began to sweat a little bit. Early second half, right? Yeah, they made a bit of a run. They cut it to 15, and... The player who stepped up and made back-to-back 
massive buckets was Jamarco Pickett. Huh. He took the ball to the rim right after a timeout and hit a little uh, bunny hook uh, on the right side. Then SMU scored again, cut it to 15. And then he got the ball on the wing, made a really nice rip-through move that you were talking about that he likes, got in, laid it up and in. It was originally called a charge. Oh, the guy took I the remember seeing in that. The cylinder. Yep. So it's an A1 in Javon. I wanted Jamarco hit the free throw. I wanted, he, yeah, he's up to 72% from the line this year. Massive improvement. It's quite solid. Yeah, he was in the 50s last year, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted him to dunk that. But I think Jamarco's, Jamarco and Jaden are definitely our most underrated players. But let's let's be honest again. This like Mac won us this game at least in the yeah, first he half. Did. He, he helped us get out to such a start. He came out guns blazing. Again, it's a three-point shooting. If he gets a good look and he sets his feet, it's getting to the point where fans can expect the ball to go in. And you couldn't say that last year about him. So it's market improvement, and you can see from a confidence perspective, this kid truly believes when he steps on this court, he's the best fucking player, and he's going to show it. Dude, it's he, wonderful to see. He is, and I, I think there's just such a clearer pecking order on our team now that everybody mm-hmm. knows their role a lot better. Right? It's so clearly defined. Mack and Omer, scorers. Omer's a rebounder. Jamarco, Jagan, defense, hit the open shot. Um, fuck, Terrell. Just run the He's offense, the play good defense. Javon, shoot your shots. Maybe make your shots. And then Kudis is a bruiser. Like, no one's being asked to do something. Everyone's strengths are being catered to. And I think that's why we're playing so well as a team. That's a great point. When, what do we always say is so important in the workforce? Communication, right? People, when they know what their job is, they're more likely to do a better job at doing that because they understand what their roles are. If you if you understand what you're supposed to do, you can focus on doing your job. Why do you think the Patriots are so fucking good in the NFL? Yeah. What's their damn motto? Do your job. Each player knows what there's ex- what's expected of them. They work to improve on that. And when you get some other stuff from the player, it, it's just an added bonus. Yeah. And with those other two players, James and Josh, roles kind of became a little muddled, especially with James running the show. Yeah, uh, as the point guard, he, and now with everybody understanding what is expected of them, it's like fitting. It's like creating a puzzle. Yeah, the pieces just fit. Yeah, I think especially from, uh, I mean, Josh, I really do think will miss, especially come Big East game, and he would be pretty insertable into our team. But from James's perspective, he was really holding back Mac and Terrell. I think we saw that. Um, you know. Terrell is definitely better than James in some facets, and Mac is better than James in other facets, right? Like, Mac is a better shooter and scorer. Terrell is a better defender and passer, right? It's like both mm-hmm. of... You combine... I mean, you know how we said combine Mac and James, you have an NBA starter? I think if you combine Mac and Terrell, you'd have an NBA starter. You probably would. And so, you even said this, and it combines the point I made preseason. You said, if you combine Jacob and Terrell... You can account for about ninety percent of what James will yeah, give you. Yeah, yeah, and I I got a lot of flack from saying that, but I really think that, um, I mean, I love James. I think he's very overrated right now, and I think also, it just it it makes, it there aren't any redundancies on the team, you know. So it makes everybody's like you said, it makes everybody's role far more clear, but it also sets expectations because. 
you know, in one game, like, if you're expecting, you know, at least from Ewing's part, if you expect Mac to be this off-ball, like, shooter, right? If mm-hmm. he misses two shots, he's going to not be motivated. So he'll play bad defense, and Ewing will be like, wow, he's not fulfilling the role that I set, so that's his fault. I'm going to pull yeah. it. Or Terrell. Oh, he doesn't have the ball in his hands, but we expect him to be our secondary creator. Um, he's not doing that. I'm not going to play. I think I really think we're going to see a better version of the team going forward. Addition through subtraction. That's a phrase that a lot of Hoya fans have used. Um, and when you think about the combination of James and Jake, I mean, not James, Jagan and Terrell, against SMU, for example, combine the two of them, they went 4-7 from the field, two of three from deep. They had three rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, a block, and two turnovers, combining for 10 points. And a point that I made in preseason was, for this team to win, James doesn't need to be shooting double digits. He probably needs to be shooting seven to nine times a game. And I remember before the Duke game, you said, I think I'm in agreement with that. And we're seeing a version of, a very different version, a version of James where he is shooting under 10 times a game. Yeah. And those shots that we wanted to go to Mac are going to Mac. Yeah, it's funny too, because I came up with some stats before the transfer had happened. And I, because I was so fucking angry, and I saw James was first in our shots, first on the team in shots by about 10 over the course of seven games at that point. So an extra shot per game than Omer, more or less, an extra three shots per game than Matt. Despite shooting 34% from the field and 24% from three. That's just, it's horrendous. His it's horrendous his, ball allocation. His three point shooting had regressed from 39% last year to 24 like you could just tell anytime James put up an outside shot it, it, the expectancy was that it was not going in the shot his shot needs mechanical yeah. reconstruction yeah I mean he's got to go to Max guy it's crazy too just to I know I gotta I want to talk about Mac more because I think now that he's on the map people might seriously consider I might seriously consider him entertaining leaving after this year he's not leaving no there's no way uh, I don't. I don't mean. I said entertaining. To believe that he's not believing. I said entertaining, because if anything, uh-huh. he's he's gonna get all the shots he wants next year too. Once Jaken and Terrell leave, Lord, and Omer, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, my my big thing is Carter. Um, I think you're right. He will entertain the facts, and it's just gonna be entertainment because what he's gonna do is he's gonna enter the draft portal. He's going to get looks. He's going to get feedback. He's going to come back. And he's going to ball the hell out. You know yeah. Mac. Mac is someone who is very self-aware and very self-motivated. And obsessive, dude, go. about He this. is obsessive. It's like, you know, I mean, I know people who do know Mac, and some of them are like, you know, he's a little socially awkward to speak to. Dude, just, I've heard he's that. He's so damn focused on what the kid wants. And not a lot of kids who are 20 years old have that type of obsession and motivation to go out and get what they want. Dude, so he's going to go, he's going to get feedback, and he's going to take it to heart, apply it. Think about it. Marcus Howard and Miles Powell entered the draft portal last year. They're right back where they are. And Mac has the same attitude as both of those guys. Dude, I, I, he's definitely a better NBA prospect than Marcus Howard. But I would say he might even be a better NBA prospect than Powell, too. If anything, because I mean, of his it athleticism. It goes down to the athleticism. Yeah. And you, you channel it. that athletic, it, it, it opens up the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I think, if anything, this kind of proves to us that he'll he'll be on an NBA team within a few years. 
a buddy of mine texted me. He said, Mac McClung is a Knicks killer in my 2K, uh, <laughs> in my 2K <laughs> league. Dude, oh my god, Mac on the Knicks? Well, I would, who I, the fuck isn't a Knicks killer? Dude, I, I'd piss myself if we... We'd probably pick him, like, 25th or whatever. Something way too high. But, yeah, I... I it, it just... It makes me happy. You know, like, the little psycho-competitive part of myself to know how many people he's proven wrong. Like, I'll never forget the video when some bum-ass coach said, hey, Mac, you're going to Georgetown to sit. And he said, nope. <laughs> Look at him now. It just goes down to his work ethic. You got to respect it. And Never doubt it either. Yeah, and with, listen, this team, I will come out and say it right now. I've never seen a Georgetown team play the way it did against SMU. They shot the lights out of the ball. Max sat like 10 minutes left in the second half yeah. with 19 points. <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. Um, but with that being said, I think it's, I tweeted this after the SMU game. I think we're going to absolutely dismantle Syracuse Saturday. I, I know. think it's going to be mean, a destruction. We've I been, think we beat them by 15 to 20. Yeah, we, we've been wrong about every single prediction, you know. You realize that for every game? Because <laughs> we started, um, I think we both predicted we'd go 9-3. and three, So we actually might be right at the end of the day. But we no, both, we said two losses each. I, I thought three. I think I said three. No, you said two. Did you I, said, uh, I said, you said one on the road into Duke. No, but then there was the fuck up. So that, wouldn't that put it at three? We'll check the tapes. All right, yeah, whatever. the wager that you said too. Yeah, okay, okay. But yeah, so <laughs> we, we both thought we'd beat Penn State. We both thought we'd yes, lose, we, we both thought we'd lose to Texas. And we both thought we'd Never lose did. to Oklahoma State. So, to keep the streak going, Let's say we're going to beat Syracuse by 30 and then watch it be a three-point game. <laughs> oh, my big thing is, when you look at the Syracuse team, they stink. They don't have people who can score. Yeah. Their second, if we lose to a team whose second-best scoring option is Buddy freaking Bayheim, I'll jump off Key Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> You'd come down to D.C. just to jump off that bridge. <laughs> yeah, me and Will Cromartie had a pact. <laughs> going into that central uh going into that uh central arkansas game like, we lose today we're holding hands and throwing ourselves <laughs> off the bridge oh that's like, all right it sounds good that's so romantic oh uh, yeah. yeah dude mad dog cromarty he's getting yeah. wet tonight um yeah i think i think we are gonna win by a lot because a lot of what i've seen on just an emotional and psychological level our chemistry looks amazing and i think Whatever cancer James and Josh were in the locker room, it's gone now. And I'd re- I think Ewing has a lot more control of the team than he did before as far as, you know, how they execute his game plan. But I think there's just an air of focus, too. Because this all of our... You want to know what's a big reason for that? And this is, a re- this, this well, is something that isn't being talked about a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it's I have a very, too. very important. We yeah. have a veteran-heavy team. Yes, fuck yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So, like, when you think of our starting players, Terrell Allen, grad transfer, Jacob Mosley, senior, Max, sophomore, Omer, transfer, JP, junior. These guys have been there, done that. 
they've seen teams they've been through an experience they know the focus and intensity that you need to bring game in and game out to be successful yeah and that's exactly what they're gonna bring yeah and so it's it, it, this is a different hoya team man this isn't the same old hoyas this is a veteran team that's focused and motivated and a big reason why matt can be the star of that team because he can match that energy day in and day out yeah I was going to say, Mac has the maturity and foresight of someone way beyond his years. And when you combine that with a starting five that all has professional ambition, it's kind of the, you know, the interesting thing I realized, right? Omer, oh God, he wants to improve his draft stock as much as possible. I've been seeing Jamarco in the second round after his senior year on a lot of mock drafts. So Lord knows he's getting some feedback, you know, if anything, his wingspan will allow it. Mac, obvious. Jagan and Terrell, they each have one more year. They want to maximize and they want to win. So there's a, there's probably a top-heavy tone of seriousness within the team that I, I think has been responsible for a lot of our progress, right? It's been so sudden, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just shows you that how drastic of a change something can be when you get rid of cancerous energies in the locker room literally one bad energy yeah can bring down an entire team people say you're only strong you're only as strong as your weakest link and in this case it could be just getting negative presence yeah. out can uplift i think just everyone maybe not negative but immature for sure and i, I think it was I, I, but immature is negative that's true yeah right. so i definitely am a very strong believer of that it is not that i'm saying James or Josh were bad players it's very obvious they weren't but it's just very clear at this junction that they weren't right for this team yeah um, yeah in this locker room will they be missed Josh yeah I don't know how much James will be I not this year <laughs> not this year I this I mean what do you think let me be if we get into the future for a sec I think we win Syracuse and we start conference play at nine and three um, do you think we still have a chance at the tournament? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do too. Especially Absolutely. with especially with how wide open the Big East seems. Fuck it, I mean, it's DePaul right now, and you Butler. Know who the favorite of the Big East is right. <laughs> it's Butler, right? Yeah. How funny is that? God, life makes no sense. <laughs> Are you sense, afraid dude. of Butler at all? No. Exactly. Dude, Mac that is, Mac is better. Yeah, Mac is better than Kamar Baldwin already, and I, and they have no one who can guard Omer. Like, I, I could see us being a top four team because you, you told me about Mamu's injury, too. Yep. So, uh, yep, Mamu Kalish view Lee Seton Hall's second best scoring option. Broke his wrist and is going to be out over two months. Broke his wrist against Iowa State. And Seton Hall doesn't have a lot of depth. They have really about six guys, six, seven guys who they can run out on the court. And Mamu is a key cog to that team. And it's just going to result in even more strain on Miles Powell to put up Herculean scoring efforts day in and day out. Honestly, dude, we're, get, we're definitely going to get one from Seton Hall when we play him in the Big I East. think we'll get one from everybody unless we just have a crazy matchup. Maybe Creighton, but, like, I I yeah, could see... Fuck a Creighton, dude. We always lose to them. How are, yeah. how are we in conference play last year? We were dead even, right? I dead think. even. We were 500. So, and, so what did we end the year? If we were 19 and 14 last year, then we were 10 and 3 in conference play right no no we were nine, oh no 19 and 14 includes the nit loss so we were 10 and 2 in conference play or non-conference play bro you know math is not my strong suit yeah. 
Were we ten? And, wait, were we? I'm I'm thinking now. Because if we were nineteen and four, no, no, we're, ten and four, dude. I don't know. This makes no sense. Uh, it, uh it's eighteen it's games. We played twelve games. <laughs> so we played we played twelve games, and then we were nineteen and thirteen before the Harvard game. Subtract nine and nine. That's ten and four. How do we play fourteen? Yeah, about, that makes well, no you know, the non-conference schedule is different every single year. Um, no, but depending it's, on contracts and stuff. How did we play thirty-three games last year? I is, don't know. Isn't I it? I don't 30? particularly care. <laughs> yeah. All right. Whatever. Sorry. 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 I was just I was getting down the rabbit hole of what our tournament profile will look like because, as of Kempom, we're forty-six. Yeah, it's gotta get higher. Texas is forty-four. Oklahoma State forty. Um, so we, we'll definitely. 52. Wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, we could probably get in the 30s because Penn State's 23 and Duke is 3. Penn State just beat Maryland. On oh, they did? They won? Wow, oh, that's, thank God, dude. That loss is really not going to look that bad, especially Louisville's the- about to lose to Texas Tech. They're down by 10 with 90 seconds left. Oh, my God. Fucking- Texas Tech didn't even have Jemias Ramsey tonight. <laughs> is it March already? Is it March? Chris wow. Beard, man. It's the magic of Chris Beard. You can't ever count that bastard. Yeah. He's such a smart coach. Dude, that's crazy. So, Talking about culture. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I think All we're right, headed... Back in, to Georgetown. Yeah, I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, I do, too. You, the UNCG loss, they're 92nd, so that's going to be a bad loss for sure. But I think if we take care of business, we should make the tournament. It's also... Georgetown is in a weird position. I don't really... The committee obviously can't... Maybe they will. I don't know. Um, yeah. Because in a weird way, the season is almost taking a completely fresh start because of the transfers. But will the committee view it that way? They shouldn't because that's special treatment, obviously. Um, and that's the way a lot of Georgetown fans are looking at it. It's almost like the team gets a clean slate because James and Josh left. And it's almost an entirely different team. I, I agree. We do have a different identity, but the committee's not going to care about that. No, they wouldn't, nor should they. And um, that old team still had, you know, an excusable loss at Penn State, a great win at Texas, an excusable loss against Duke. It, it really only had one bad loss. Well, the, the the one against Texas was a neutral court win, and it was a convincing yeah. neutral court win. And the Duke loss... James was wasn't even good in that either. James and Josh, they were... I mean, Mac was our best scorer that game. He was. Omer played not really well. He was on the bench the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Jamarco. Jamarco was yeah. our uh, main yeah. guy. Kudas, too. Kudas played well. And Duke was a single-digit loss, so that's big. Yeah. I, I really think... I think we're in far better position than we anticipated. I mean, getting sweeping this road trip saved our season, bar none. It did. Undoubtedly so. Uh, like, how many and times have we saved our season already? Like, three times. <laughs> Well, when you're when you're in the business of trying to make the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid, which is what we will most likely be, barring you know us Injury. winning the East tournament, no. um, you gotta you don't have much room for error, especially when you come into the season as an unranked team in a conference as stacked as the Big East is this year. People are saying as many as seven to eight teams from the Big East are probably going to get into the tournament. Which is great for us, especially if we can finish in the top five. Yeah. But listen, uh, I think this team can't get ahead of itself. I don't think it will. I think they're no, going to come no. out focused and energized against Syracuse. And quite frankly, I think they're going to rip them to shreds. I think this team is built 
to break down the 2-3 zone, especially the way they're passing and especially the way they're shooting after this performance against SMU. Yeah, who do you think leads us in scoring? Mac. Hmm. I think at this point, the way Mac is shooting the three dude and the way that, listen, you have so many options if you're Coach Ewing as to how you want to break down this zone. Who do you want to use as the man at the high post? You want to use Jamarco? You want to use Jagan? You want to flash Omer? Um, you want yeah. to bring Jovan in as an outside shooter? This team is going to hit. Like, we've seen the way they pass. Omer's going to feast mid-range yeah. against yeah. this 2-3 zone as well. They don't have anyone who can guard him. And the way this team is playing swarming defense, you're telling me that Elijah Hughes, listen, he had a great game in the last game he played against Georgia Tech, dropped a career high than 33 points. But last year, Hughes was simply just a three-point scoring threat. You're telling me he's going to get a lot of success against Jagan Mosley? I don't think so. I think Jagan's going to do a very serviceable job. I'm nervous about a potential Buddy Beheim back matchup because Buddy Beheim can shoot the shit out of the ball, especially <laughs> from deep. So Mac's going to have to be, he's going to have to keep his head through a swivel. But for Beheim to kind of run him in a small ball screen and try to get Matt caught napping, caught in screens. So we'll see. We'll see how Georgetown lines him up. But I'm anticipating a very strong performance from Mac, Omer. I think Jagan's going to hit a couple of threes. I think Javon's going to hit a couple of threes. I think I think we're going to. I think we are going to experience a lot of success against this zone. I agree with you, man. I I think Jamarco has a good game, and I think that I hope so. I yeah, me too, man. Um, he's going to be fun to root for next year because he'll probably be our second option. As crazy as that sounds, he will be. Yeah, yeah ne- dude. Next year, I, that's a whole other topic, but. Uh, yeah, I think also an underrated fact is that we'll have a good home court advantage this time around. This is a theory. That, that's a theory I've been working on. I couldn't find the home and away stats in you know when I dug stuff up after the UNCG loss, but we suck at home. I mean, this we goes do. back quite a few years too. But uh, the Syracuse game is always ridiculously popping. So I I think the team will feed off that energy and win pretty easily. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think it'll be a good twelve point win. I, I, I think that's safe to say. I would be dis- I wouldn't be disappointed with a single digit win. No. But I want blood. I want to be blood. I want it yeah. I mean comfortable would obviously be what we prefer, but who knows, man. I mean these It would also help from, you know, a Ken Pop standpoint, an RPI standpoint. Yeah, yeah. A double digit win against Syracuse. That's true. That's true. They're an at large team right now, uh, somehow. And we still shouldn't take them lightly. And I think no. as much as we get amped for this game, they get just as amped. So They do. I, I wouldn't underestimate them, but I still think we win. And, you know, whoever we play after that, I think we play, like, American and some other Bumblefuck UNBC, team. UMBC. Oh, UMBC. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as UN, UMBC doesn't treat us like they did Virginia a few years ago, we should be 9-3 and three heading into conference play. True for that. With, any, with that being said, any closing remarks? No, just... Uh, Let's go juice this orange. Yeah, and uh, for those of you interested, we're gonna we're gonna be coming at you with rapid fire coming conference play. Uh, you know, winter times, holiday season, a little crazy, but we're gonna be dropping some merch though. Come conference play too. Oh yeah, featuring some of your favorite players. It's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna try I just to. Just want to say thank you to Mac McClung for saving the season. <laughs> yeah, I know my. Uh... 
it's kind of funny that I was I was such a huge Mac fan before I even came to Georgetown. It's now like my two star-crossed lovers are uniting. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we got a lot of good catchphrases, man, and, and I think uh, I think some of them are definitely going to be more applicable now than they were earlier in the season. Because I mean, yeah, for all we love him, we didn't have any nicknames for James and Josh. So, marketability-wise, this team just went way up. Especially for us. So oh, we, Mac oh, McCash, baby. Oh, Mac McCash, Blair Swish Project. Oh, baby, credit to me on that one. That I was know. funny. <laughs> Dude, that's oh my god. Um, I'm telling I love you, man, that guy. this could be the start of uh, the end for Javon, right? It, he could uh, become the new Trey Morning, <laughs> have Bro. one have one amazing game and suck the rest of the year. No, don't you say that. You know, Javon Blair literally just is the is the sole definition of a flamethrower. That guy, he just lights opposing defenses on fire. <laughs> yeah, he also lights Ewing uh, on fire. That's why he has no hair. Dude, yeah, Ewing honestly like has like a weird love for Javon, but I feel him, man. Javon's a three-point specialist. For some reason, I don't care what his average is. When the three-point specialist comes in the game, you get excited. It's natural. We all relate to it because that's that's the same role we would play on any good team. A hundred percent. It's like, I'm, what did I tell you? Who am I on my game after? If I'm playing pickup, you know I'm just lighting the fucking uh, rack from deep. Every time I get a look from three, it's going up. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And Javon's too. actually a good defender, too. He is. He's not bad, honestly. I think he has a minus wingspan, too, which really doesn't help him. But he's quick. He's not weak. Uh, and, and he helps when we run our press. I mean, that's why he was playing more than Mac earlier on. But Just don't let him dribble the ball. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, do, do you remember the days? I think it was his freshman year. He'd always travel. He'd always pick up his pivot yeah, foot. Always I mean, he, he fixed that. So it's, you know, slow progress. People forget that Javon Blair was all Big East freshman team. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't don't let don't let people don't don't forget about that. Javon oh in his day was the shit. He was our future man before this. Uh, him and Jamarco before this recruiting class came in. Yeah, dude, both of them were uh, both of them oh. were all Big East freshmen. When I was a junior and you were a sophomore, talk about a brutal like freshman class from the Big East. <laughs> Seriously, bro. No, um, no, no, just to, to Marco or Javon. No, no, they, yeah. The last year. Even last year, yeah. Even last year was pretty weak outside of the Hoyas. It was. I mean, Zagorowski has turned himself He's, into a really nice player yeah, for Creighton. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of recruiting, we forgot to mention that in the midst of all this fuckery, we lost our commitment from T-Will. That, uh, that hurts a lot. Obviously. Yeah. He's top recruit. But, you know, fuck him. Go yeah. to Michigan. Yeah, seriously. Bastard. I I ain't even mad if he goes to Michigan, man. They'd be killing it. But honestly, I don't know how much he would have played next year. Between Jamarco, Myron, Galen, if he stays, we'd we'd have a lot of forwards. We would, but I mean, this kid's pretty freaking good. Yeah, yeah, but addition by subtraction, addition by subtraction. Uh, listen, man, you find a way to get the 78th prospect in the country on like, the yeah. court if he yeah. comes to your school. Yeah. But listen, if he wants to go somewhere else, we don't fucking want him. Yeah, yeah. Have fun, at, that? Have fun at Michigan, even though uh, he did play Welcome to D.C. in his commitment video, so I, it, it hurts a oh, little bit more. But it hurts a little bit more because of that, yeah. Oh, what a bastard. Oh, shove that the, really hurts. Shove the steak right into our heart, man. 
when Villanova beat UNC, I had UNC, and then the next year I had UNC over Gonzaga. I had a, it was the best bracket I ever made. Yeah, I had Oregon you were right college. that year. I was right, and I ended up winning like four hundred bucks. So that was super sweet. Damn. Um, yeah, that was the best bracket I ever made because I had Oregon in the final four as well. Oh, you had him beating Kansas. Yes, I did. Oh, that's lit. Yeah, dude. I, if that dude, if that guy Chris Boucher, I think he's on the Raptors right now. Yeah. If he didn't get hurt, I was picking you Oregon to win it all. I thought Oregon was so good all year that year. In hindsight, they had four NBA players, right? I mean, Dylan Brooks is doing Dylan pretty Brooks, well. Jordan Bell. Tyler Dorsey. Jordan Bell. Mm-hmm. And Boucher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit. Yep. That's a better team than we think about. Kennedy makes it. Richards a stud right now. Yeah. Do you think he'll get drafted? Absolutely. Yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. He will. He will have a great career. Probably not. Yeah. But like the guy's really good. There's always yeah. Max gonna take the the mantle from him as the annoying good white player in college. Oh, bro. <laughs> went from Except Grayson Max, Allen like, to really Tyler a... Hero. <laughs> Tyler Hero is an animal, dude. I love that guy. Yeah, he, he can play. You ever hear him yeah, talk he though? He's such a fuck boy. Oh, is he really? Yeah, dude, watch oh, watch an interview. In Miami then with yeah. Oh my god, he is such a fuck boy. It annoys me because I'm like, your life's so great. You probably pull really hard. You're in the oh, NBA for Christ's sake. He's not even a good looking dude. He's not, but he's just got that <laughs> like, he's like pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen his fashion choices are so questionable too? Yeah, oh they are, dude. Um, can you imagine pulling up to class in the end? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I would just... The amount of people that would judge you? Oh, my... Dude, I get judged for not dressing up as it is. Fucking Bro, awful. I used to wear baggy sweatpants hanging off my ass, pulling into accounting class. <laughs> and kids would be, like, in khakis. And well, this was, this was your 8 a.m. accounting class, too, mind you. Oh, yeah, man. Like, people are crazy. Like, I'd be in the baggy sweat... I'd be, like, the baggy sweatpants, the baggy sweatshirt, the hood pulled over my head. Yep. Like, anything, don't do not do anything. Just leave me be. It's a vibe, man. It's a vibe. Yeah. I, uh... With that, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got a little ramble. But this was good. This was good. Nice to get back into it. I think we caught up with everything we needed to. And we can both agree the team is... Very, I mean, I think our optimism has some basis now. I agree. I definitely agree. And uh, with that, gear up for Saturday. It's going to be a war, and hopefully we send these bastards back up to Syracuse. Beat. Hell yeah. As, and uh, send personally email Tyus Battle uh, highlights from the game. Yeah, that guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to witness that person last year. That was not fun. That was he's not in the league, is he? I don't think so. Um he's probably in the G League. The guy's good though. Yeah. Um, Bayheim gave Bayheim actually gave an all time uh little uh comment to him at halftime of last year's. Oh game. I remember that. He went he went I went right up to him, he was like, You're gonna play this bad, you should have fucking left last year. <laughs> That's crazy. You want to talk about motivation, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I hope this, dude, I hope this is the game that Mac finally catches a body. I've been waiting. Oh, could you imagine Mac catches Buddy Bay on? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I. It's, oh, it'd be the biggest meme of all time. Dude, that would be. I would be so disappointed if that never happened. Because Mac is too bouncy to not. Like, he hasn't even tried yet in his Georgetown career. 
Well, yeah, I think he. I think he's not really focused on the attention. I know, I know, I know. But it it would be so nice. I don't even think he has a dunk this year. No, he doesn't. That's crazy. Honestly, I'm proud of him for not having a dunk. Yeah, there were a lot of. He got a lot of dunks last year, and there were even some set plays we ran for him to get dunks. Yeah, but I also think it shows his maturation as a player and a person. He's trying to become something other than his dunking highlight reels. Yeah, and it's oh, hurting. I get that. Yeah, he's trying to distance himself from that because that's what he's known for still. He puts on a show yeah. in layup lines, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you got to show up for the ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to do what you got to do, man. Mac the cash, baby. Mac the cash, baby. <laughs> Making it rain. Yeah. But with that, everybody, stay safe. We appreciate the listen. If you like what you heard, which hopefully you did, we'd love it if you wrote us a review, gave us a five-star rating, and subscribed to the podcast. Um, when we start pumping out merch, we're actually going to be running contests for people who do write reviews for this, and we're going to give away free T-shirts they're picking for those special winners. So definitely write us a review give us five stars and subscribe if you like it we really appreciate it yeah please look for us welcome to dc on apple podcast spotify google podcast overcast pocket cast any place you get your podcast we'll be there that's what we pay yeah. for <laughs> yeah honestly but with that carter take it easy till next time we speak right yeah yeah appreciate it brother i'll try to keep myself a little more updated this time so <laughs> no, no more surprises. Yeah, I can't wait to read the he- uh, the headline. Buddy Beheim scores career high thirty five. Syracuse upsets uh, George. Don't, don't you say that. <laughs> don't you say that. If we lose, if Buddy Beheim drops more than like fifteen points against us, I'll be upset. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just pushing your buttons, man. I know it's past your bedtime anyway. And we're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, you know I like to be in bed early. Now oh, I, I feel that, man. I feel that. Early night squad. Early night squad. Early night squad, baby. Don't, don't knock it until you try it. it really revolutionizes For shit. real. For real. But, all right. Take it easy. Have a great day, night, morning, whenever you're listening to us. And Hoya Saxa, am I right, Carter? Hoya Saxa, baby. Shh.